Well, it's kind of funny. I'm sure Pastor Allen has shared with you that, that confirmation class is going on right now. And so, especially during the 945 service, we've kind of just been one of us here uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and that's kind of why Kevin's been in and out. You know, Kevin's also our youth director. So he's been um, sharing with, with our youth as they are preparing uh, to join the church. But I'm excited to be with you again here at this service and the next to be able to share that. And trust me, this one's way easier because we told the confirmation kids to get ready. Think of the hardest questions for Pastor Allen this morning. So he's having fun in there too, though, I'm sure. <laughs> All friends, our scripture this morning comes from Acts chapter 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of scripture, and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? He gave orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious Lord, we give you thanks for this day and this time and this opportunity to hear your word. And so we pray now that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to open ourselves to receive what you have. Because we know that your word is alive and active. And, and whatever you send forth will not return to you void, Lord. So allow us to receive that. And now I pray, Lord, that by by your grace, you would take these words of mine and that you would turn them from water into wine. Because God, I know you take the simple and foolish things of this world and do miracles with them. So do it now, again, here in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. The last several weeks, Pastor Allen has been 
letting us sit with the resurrection. And, and I've never uh, thought of doing that before. And I'm so grateful because in the last several weeks, I don't know about you, but I've, I've just left each week having just a stirring within me, having something that, that just continues to set with me. And, and, and I'm so grateful for these reminders and the importance of them in our faith. Uh, uh, three weeks ago, Pastor Allen reminded us that we are not stuck anywhere. <laughs> but the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives within us. That those graves cannot hold us down just as the grave did not hold Jesus. And it reminded me of Romans 8.11 that says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Friends, we need that. We need that reminder. We need to hear that and know that because sometimes we feel pretty stuck. But there is power in, within us. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We also then two weeks ago heard about how, how you know, we can, we can look for the promises of life in some of the worst places. Just because things of this world have, have some attractiveness to them and, and they look like they're going to encourage and enhance our lives, they can be the very things that take life from us. And that the only life that is worth living is the one that is for Christ alone. And Paul talks about that. In Philippians 1.21, he says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So listen, whether he was talking about Jesus and sharing Jesus with others, or whether, whether Jesus decided to sweep him up, either way, it was all about Jesus. And that's all that mattered. And that's something we need to remember because, because the things that are tempting us in this life don't matter if it doesn't give us more of Jesus. Last week, then, Pastor Allen talked about the scars and the wounds that Jesus still had. Right? You could still see the holes in his hands and the, and the, the scar on his side. And that there are things in our lives, our own scars, our own wounds, that really are part of our story, that help to reveal the very goodness of God in our midst and in our lives. And it reminded me of, of this verse in Isaiah 53, 5, that says, but we were, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. And it is that same chapter 53, just a few verses later, that the Ethiopian eunuch is quoted here as saying in Acts chapter eight. <laughs> That's what got me here this morning. <laughs> There are things that we need to be reminded of, especially as we sit with Jesus and the power of his resurrection in the life that comes forth from his life in the opportunities that we have to be able to share with others. This life that even though we may have wounds and scars has brought us life. And then we hear this one who, is, who has come from a far place 
who has made efforts towards knowing God and learning about God, asking some important questions. Listen, the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, he was saying, look, I, I know about God and, and I have the finances even that I can come from the land that I live in, that I have great power in and, and I can make a journey to Jerusalem and I can come and worship in the temple and, and I, can, I can even afford to pay someone for a scroll of one of the books of the Old Testament. Friends, we go into any store, from the dollar store to a Christian bookstore, any store, and we're going to find a copy of the Bible. This man had to have great wealth for him to even be able to get one scroll, the book of Isaiah. And there... He's saying, look, I want to know. I want to know. But I need some help in figuring this out and understanding it. So the question that I really want us to hear this morning and that I really want us to wrestle with is what can stand in the way? What can stand in the way, the Ethiopian eunuch said. What can stand in the way of my being baptized, he said. What can stand in the way? I'm just finding it great to, to see how Philip was used here in the book of Acts. And, and Philip, um, just a few verses earlier, also in chapter 8, talks about Philip being in Samaria and, and how he had been preaching the word and he had been sharing the good news of the gospel. He had been sharing about the Messiah and, and, and people were coming to believe in Jesus as the Messiah and, and people were seeing signs and wonders and miracles were happening and, and people were being healed. And, and it says there in verse eight, so there was great joy in the city of Samaria. There was great joy. And even then at the end of, of the passage that we highlighted this morning, while Philip was taken away by the Spirit of the Lord, we don't know how, it's just one of those great mysteries, we hear how the eunuch continued on his way rejoicing. You know, no matter how it is that we're hearing or receiving it, we need to recognize that when we do hear the good news, when we do hear of the Messiah, there will be great joy. There will be much rejoicing. You know, part of, the, part of my call story, part of the reason that I'm standing here before you today, part of the reason that I felt God calling me to this type of ministry on his behalf was that when I was in seminary about, I think it was in 2010 specifically, I, got, I was able to go on a trip to Egypt. I was there with about 10 of my fellow classmates and one of our professors was, was at the, the Cairo Seminary and he was teaching a class. And so we got to go and be a part of two weeks of it. And before I went, I had an idea of how I wanted, more like was willing, <laughs> at the time, to serve the Lord. It wasn't what I'm doing right now. So I was going to go on this trip, and I was really excited about it. And of course, whenever you go on a trip like that, even though there's, there's the educational piece, there's still the fun stuff too, right? You still get to do some of the sightseeing. And so we did all, all of it. We did all of it. But on two separate days, um, one day we ended up going to a really big cathedral 
Um, and, and it was just an incredible experience. It wasn't very far from the seminary. And so, so we actually walked over there. It was probably less than a, I don't know, maybe half a mile or so. And, um, so we got there and, and of course it's gigantic, uh, as cathedrals can be. But as we got there, it was interesting because we had actually been there the day before, but we had gone in a different entrance and we had gone to see a shrine to, to St. Mark. And so that was kind of the back of the, of, the, of the cathedral. So it was kind of you're in and out, not a big deal. But as we came that next day, I noticed that there were some pretty significant gates, right? Kind of fencing. And we were told that we needed to stay together as our group, that the person who was with us, a guide, had a badge that was going to identify us as people who were coming to visit and that we would be welcomed in. Because this group of Christians, they actually have a, a tattoo that they place on their hands that identifies them, that allows them to be in that space. It was interesting. It was a beautiful cathedral, though. We got to have this incredible time of worship. The one bishop was there. It doesn't happen all the time. And so there was just an, it was just an incredible experience. Tons of people, children coming to be blessed. It was really awesome. So then a day or two later, we ended up, you know, in our little bus. And here we go, traveling somewhere else to see another church. Go figure. <laughs> but we ended up going through, um, you know, the bad part of town the place where nobody wants to live, the place that is the lowest economic place. And, and so you could call it a, a slum of sorts. But we go into it, and of course, we're just riding along. And so we're witnessing all of all that goes on there. And, and we make a, make a sharp right turn, and, and we start to head up, up the mountain. When we get to the top of the mountain, there are these beautiful carvings. I mean, people had taken lots of time and energy to get kind of high up on this mountain and do these carvings of scenes from, the, from Scripture. Just incredible things. But the whole point of us going there was because there were these cave churches. Now, I'm sure you probably have been to an amphitheater before, right? Something that's kind of natural um, in, the, in the ground, and, and it just makes sense. It's probably more of like a hillside around here, especially maybe a little grassy. Oh, isn't this lovely? There it was actually had been carved out of the side of a mountain. And thousands of people could come and fill this amphitheater in the side of a mountain. There was another, another cave church that we actually went and, and worshiped at. People came from all over the region, not just there in Egypt, but all over. They made their way, some of them, at risk of their own lives. But they came there because there was, there was talk of a Messiah. There was talk of one who brought healing. And not only was there talk of healing, but there were proven healings that were happening in this place where all were welcome, where you didn't need some symbol or sign that it wasn't behind some, some gate. Everyone had access. 
And I left that day knowing that I had to make sure everyone had access. That all of a sudden my call was different. My experience was different. Why? Because, because I'd witnessed, and sometimes it takes leaving our familiar, comfortable place to see how drastic the difference can be between a place that, that seems closed off, unaccessible for some people, and there was something that God was speaking to my heart that I needed to make sure that I was a part of making sure that everyone had access to the good news of the gospel. Not only the gospel, but, but any means of grace, whether it be baptism, whether it be communion, whatever it might be. How can we make sure that people know that their questions, that their journey, that their seeking for God and, and answers and understanding of life can be found in the good news of Jesus Christ. How do we let those young people sitting in a confirmation class know that they're allowed to ask the questions and there are people who are going to walk beside them and help them navigate this life of faith? So what is it that can stand in the way? So how many of us are ready? Do you know what you're going to say? If somebody asks you, you feel like you've got all the answers, right? Come on. No? You're probably sitting there going, oh, that's not me. <laughs> well, guess what? I've been to seminary, but that's not me either. I don't have all the answers. I might be able to tell you what there's a good book to read. <laughs> but, but my brothers and sisters, here's the thing. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is within you. There is, there is lots of things that try to pull us away from God, and yet... We know the source and the power of life. Now, there's also things that have happened in our lives that have scarred us and wounded us, that have made us doubt and, and led us to fear. And yet, it is by those very wounds and through those very scars that we can bear witness to the goodness of God. How many of you could think right now, can think of maybe uh, just one verse of scripture, just one, just one that just, maybe it's the one you know. <laughs> Listen, there, I, I've quoted from some scriptures here to you. It's not because I, I knew them by heart and I just shared them with you. I, I knew them, but I wanted to make sure you had them all. So what's the one that just really speaks to you? What's the one that jumps out? Maybe you can't say it word for word, but you know it. I bet you that's tied to an experience. I bet you that's tied to a time in your life where you've either really needed God to show himself to be faithful and good, or it could be tied to a time where you were so full of joy and so full of the Lord. Friends, those are the things that people need to hear because God will lead us in those places, in those times to be able to give someone a word of encouragement, Someone needing to hear this word of life, the news of the Messiah, the good news that transforms our lives.
So what can stand in the way? Let's not let it be us. Let's not let it be our fear, our doubt of our ability. Let it not be some preconceived notion that we think others have to qualify. Because I know I sure don't qualify for the grace of God. That's something that I've received only because of God's goodness. But just as Philip was brought to that Ethiopian eunuch, all have access to our God. All have access to the goodness of our Savior. All have access to the fullness of joy that comes when we know the truth, when we've seen the Messiah, and when we understand that it is for me too.